You're listening to a Curry Mail podcast. Deadly. The Black Yard is a podcast produced by the Curry Mail. Come join me, your host, Kirk Page, Naomi Morin, and Luke Carroll, as we have candid conversations about everything. We acknowledge Bundjalung country and the Wijibal Waibal land upon which our officers sit. We acknowledge and pay our respects to our ancestors and elders, past and present. Welcome to the very first episode of the Black Yard Podcast. My name is Kirk Page and I'm joined here today with Naomi Morin. And also a very special guest, Luke Carroll. Um, and I asked our guests to introduce themselves. I'll start. I am a Mullanjali Badu Island man with German heritage, and I grew up in Queensland. And I began my career as a dancer and have done a little bit of acting and a little bit of uh, other things. Um, and here I am at the Koori Mail office working with the editorial department and newly uh, podcast studio. So presenting and working on the podcast studio and the editorial department at the moment. And so I'm going to just throw it to Naomi to uh, introduce yourself. Thank you. Uh, my name is Naomi Morin. Uh, very proud Bunjalung woman um, from both the Nyangambul and uh, Arakul people of the Bunjalung nation here on the north coast and also have family connections to the Dungari nation down at Southwest Rocks uh, and in Kempsey on the mid-north coast of New South Wales. And um, look, firstly, very excited to be here at this point in time where we're, you know, moving forward uh, so positively uh, with our podcast program for the Koori Mail. And, uh, you know, I've got a long working history with the Koori Mail newspaper uh, but very honoured to be in the position of the general manager here and uh, very excited to take the lead with uh, with this particular project and um, joining conversation with yourself and Luke, who's a great friend of mine, great friend of yours, Kirk, and uh, really excited that we've been able to uh, partner up with him and have him join us around the table, so to speak. Thank you, Luke. Well, thank you. Uh, hi, everybody listening to our first podcast. Very exciting. Um, I'm coming to you from Gadigal country here in Sydney. I'm unable to travel up to beautiful Bundjalung country to be with you mob there in that newly built uh, studio that you have up there in Lismore. I'm, I'm looking forward to come up there very shortly, though, and um, seeing you face-to-face and recording this. Uh, I'm a proud Wiradjuri man, born and bred on Gadigal country, and uh, I have family ties throughout the, the Riverina district of New South Wales. And... Um, my background is in, uh, in acting, first and foremost. I started acting many moons ago as a, as a child actor and uh, moved into MC work, um, TV presenting, and uh, yeah, still around, still kicking, and um, now I'm trying my luck here on, on the podcast. And like I said, very exciting. And to do it with two of my great friends uh, I've worked with in the past and um, uh, love dearly, so Nay and Kirk, I'm looking forward to the future with this podcast, Black Yard. Deadly, deadly. And we love the name Blackyard because it's just a, a bit of a nod to the idea that, you know, we all sit on those back verandas with the aunties and uncles and, you know, and everybody else in our family watching the kids run around and 
having a good yarn with a cup of tea and, you know, talking about the week that was or things that have been happening. So this is really exciting. And, um, and I guess what we want to present to the community is just a really natural conversation between all of us about uh, topics that we're interested in or that have been topical um, out there in the community, uh, issues that are important that we do need to address and and I guess getting our own individual thoughts and, um, you know, comments on, on how we feel about certain things and just, you know, and have some laughs along the way. I think uh, yes. <laughs> every time we all catch up, you know, there's always, always a laugh. And we were, we were talking today about, um, you know, Luke and I, we have this joke between us that he's Big Ted and I'm Jemima and, um, <laughs> you know, and that's, that's something that I think I'll, I'll hold very close to me, you know, for, for as long as, as you and I are friends, brother, because it's uh, definitely speaks to, to our friendship and our relationship over the years. And I'm very honoured to, to be in conversation with you here on, on, on this podcast program. So thank you. And I think it's really great that, um, you know, we, we talked about in our planning of the session and talking about what we wanted to talk about. And we wanted to start from the beginning, I suppose. And, you know, think about, you know, how do we do media? Like there's television, there's newspapers, there's online forums, but this sort of, this medium of podcast Mm. is a very different uh, thing and it's exciting and also a little bit horrifying, (laughs) but, um, yeah, it's really exciting. And so we get the opportunity to, like Naomi said, have a, have a good chat, you know, catch up. And I'm actually quite surprised. I didn't realise that Luke and, and Naomi, that you had already known each other. You, I kind of went, hey, I didn't know. You Don't be jealous mates. now. Don't be jealous. Oh, <laughs> just put it on the list. <laughs> put it on the list of no. things that we already fight over, Kirk. Uh, but no, we've known each other for a long time, haven't we, Luke? And I think that just naturally came with the work that we do. And, um, you know, I started out at the Courier Mail at such an early age and, you know, um, often covered events and stuff like that for the paper, usually the social stuff, you know, um, whether it was like the Deadlies or, you know, NAIDOC stuff or Australia Day stuff, Survival Day stuff, just always being on the ground and being around all your mob and, um, and you know, just keeping in touch over the years and um, can actually say in terms of the work that both you and I do, we're very supportive of each other and I know you're always willing to give me a hand with projects or, or things, that, you know, that we're doing with the Courier Mail, whether it is emceeing some events or, you know, coming on board in other ways. So I think it was only natural that we kind of had a yarn about who uh, who else could join us around the table, so to speak. And uh, I think we, you know, we made it, we made a really great choice and, and I just um, feel very privileged that um, we can share in this. And, uh, and I reckon, you know, We'll get a few listeners along the way, and and they can all have a have a laugh and have some fun with us. Most definitely, yes. We go we go way back, like you said, and um, myself and Kirk as well. And every time we do catch up, it's always a laugh. You know, as we do when blackfellas, we get together and we yarn <laughs> and we catch up and have a good time. And you know, that's the feel of what this podcast, I'm sure, is going to be about. And um, you know, the world needs a bit of a laugh at the moment with you know, the situation we're all in at the moment with this COVID situation. So yeah, um, yeah, it's. Um, a lot of fun. Like you said, topical, but uh, a lot of fun, a lot of laughs. And Luke, how are you managing in Sydney? I know that the restrictions have been pretty intense and how's it all been going for you? Yeah, it's a bit tough. Um, you know, we're in lockdown here in Sydney at the moment. So I have been, I think this is our fifth week, going into our fifth week, yeah. Ooh. We have another four to go. Um, it's been tough. 
you know, in your mental health space is a, a big thing. Mm. A lot of people can't have visitors and um, there's a new singles bubble that's happened, opened up uh, only the, last week. A so, singles um, bubble? A singles bubble. Um, go, go back. Singles what? bubble. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's called, so the, uh, the government uh, started a new singles bubble, it's called. So you're allowed to have one visitor. You can nominate one visitor to come over if you're a single. Oh, uh, see, I think Kirk and I were thinking knockout. like a, it was like a Tinder or something. Well, it could be whatever you make it. <laughs> do, do, they, do they have to scan scan themselves in at the front door? <laughs> the QR code, yeah. QR code yourself, check in, good ways. <laughs> yeah, but uh, so it's for those people who you know live alone and it's to help people, you know, with their mental state. Uh, mm. uh, you know, people do live alone and aren't allowed visitors during lockdown, so they've come up with that idea and I think it's great for people who do live alone um, leave that bachelor lost a lot myself, but mm. I'm lucky enough. I've got, you know, I've got my two beautiful boys and I've got them coming to visit all the time. So that's great. But it still, it must be hard, you know, especially people who are so used to being around other people, being out in community, socializing, you know, having, you know, networks of support and just engaging with people in general, uh, which, you know, definitely is you brother. So I can't imagine kind of, you know, what it's been like for, for mob out there and, um, you know, we are thinking of everybody um, every day and, you know, I guess it's 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 about checking in on everyone as well, uh, whether we can't be in there in person, but, uh, you know, sending messages and giving people a call and just checking in to see, you know, that they're doing okay. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, mob, you know, we've always got family around, you know, we're always amongst family, um, big part of us as a people in our culture and, yeah, just a yeah, big shout, like you said, Nay. To any mob doing tough out there, um, mm. thinking of you all, and hopefully this passes uh, quickly, and um, we can live a, a normal or sort of sort of normal life again. Yeah, that's right. And you know, the the way we anticipated you to be, you know, part of this this program, um, this podcast, and and be around the table was in person. Unfortunately, that couldn't happen. And um, you know, we're just lucky through technology and other ways of linking up, we can we can still have you share in the conversation. Uh, but I guess, how has it affected you personally with your work? Yeah, so I'm currently in rehearsals for a theatre show and touch wood, I don't know how we're still being able to, to, to rehearse and go to work, but we're classed as essential in that regard. By Create New South Wales, they, they give us the green light at the start of the week, each week. Um, we're in our last week now. Uh, but we the, the, the actual season has been postponed until next year. So unfortunately, we were supposed to open next week and do a five-week season here in Sydney at Belvoir Street City Company. But uh, yeah, we've had to make the decision, the tough decision. There are you know, there's we will be performing in front of you know no audience. So mm. uh, the heartbreaking decision came to, to to postpone until next year, and it'll be it'll be part of next year's season there at Belvoir. Uh, but yeah, it's, uh, I'm lucky. We're very lucky just to be rehearsing it, let alone you know the season being mm. gone. So we're yeah, just it's hard. Uh, there are a lot of actors and you know, people in the arts industry that are doing a lot tougher than I am, and so I got to touch with it on, you know, and I'll count my lucky stars that I'm getting up, going to work. Uh, yeah. Last week, in the last couple of weeks. You've been in the same boat though, haven't you, Kirk? With your other projects, have had to be rescheduled and put on hold. Yeah, it has come up once or twice. But, I mean, last year, the last time it came around, there was a project that sort of had to go by the wayside. But, yeah, I just wonder about, I mean, it's one thing to be in the industry as an artist and 
you know, the unpredictability of that and then putting the COVID situation over the top of it, I really do feel for people, and, you know, we mentioned before mental health and what are the things that, you know, we'd, we're doing to make sure that we're, we're safe and that we're, we kind of, we still feel good because I think our work is a way for us to sort of, it's a great way to socialize, mm. great way to connect. Yep. And, a, you know, it's a re, it makes you feel good about yourself, yes. you know, and also there's the other, other end of it, which you can feel quite insecure, but you know, what is it like to sort of, okay, so raise the bar and then go, oh, now I have to make sure that I keep myself in a state of mind and whatever those practices are, I just wonder, or whatever those rituals are, whether it's walking the dog or doing mm. exercise or spending time with the kids, how do you, how, how do you, have you been dealing with that, Luke? Yeah, um, it's tough. And especially the stories I hear of, you know, my colleagues in the industry who are doing a lot tougher, it breaks your heart, you know, and you now people that got, you know, got to pay rent, got to put food on the table, got bills to pay. And like I said, the unpredictability of the industry before COVID, at least, mm. um, and to throw this on top of it, you know, um, it, it's, it's a very sad situation. Um, you know, we have not only the actors losing jobs, but you have the, art, the arts administrators, you know, the people working in the office. You know, yeah, the that's right. It all, it all, you know, it's a snowball effect, and it's just, it's, it's sad, it's sad state of affairs at the moment, but, you know, you know we have Melbourne, the situation down in Melbourne, I mean, Sydney mm. situation, they had, they've had a, lo a longer lockdown than we had, you uh, and um, so, you know, they're coming out of it and they're, you know, they're very positive about what's in the future. Mm. Um, so, but, you know, I'm lucky, you know, my boys give me a, a massive joy in my life. Yeah, they around. do. It allows me to forget about the world as it is for that moment, you know, and just squeeze them tighter and just appreciate you know, the time that we have with our, our family members and our friends, our colleagues when we have them at work and you know, when we are working. You know, all that you take to, may take for granted. Yeah. And you don't really know how how important it is for you and your well-being when, you, when that's gone. That's right. Yeah, I've just started to, uh, I had a, little, a conversation with a friend of mine yesterday, actually, and like we're not in lockdown here in the Northern Rivers region. We're not in lockdown, but um, feeling, you know, just feeling a little bit of a lull, like energetically not feeling so chipper and bright. And we had a conversation like, oh, so what do you need? I said, oh, I just feel like I'm a little bit unmotivated. And mm. and then she said, oh, do you need a buddy? Do you need someone who you could be accountable to? And I went, oh, yeah, that sounds good. And so just this morning we started, and I've totally forgot about it. I'm driving <laughs> to work. <laughs> I'm going to get there early. I'm going to start at 8.30. And then she sends me a text going, I've done my meditation. I've done my 40 minutes of writing. And I'm just about to sit at the desk. And I went, oh, that's right. <laughs> So I said, oh, I'll go down along the river. And I just did a 30-minute walk, broke a sweat, everything, had jeans on, wrong clothes on, getting rub rub. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. But I felt great afterwards. <laughs> so, yeah, that's one thing I'm, I'm sort of just putting into my day to kind of just you mm. know, break a sweat, essentially. Yeah. Well, I have a similar thing with a group of friends of mine on just Facebook chat where we check in with each other. It's usually around health and nutrition and most of the time I ignore the messages because I haven't been on track with anything that we talk about. Uh, but, you know, this morning I was very proud to, to post in there my little uh, green smoothie that I had this morning because I thought, no, come on now, you've got to get back on the, the horse and 
and try and, you know, do something here and just um, just realised how uh, helpful things like that can be, regardless of what situation that we're in, that checking in on your friends, um, you know, keeping those lines of communication open just to make sure that they were, we're all doing okay and that, you know, mentally we're healthy, physically we're healthy, um, you know, and that our spirit is strong regardless of what we're going through, but definitely feeling for you there, brother, and for all of our mob that are going through it. Again, I'd like to second that and just shout out to everybody and and let everybody know that, um, you know, hopefully better days are to come and uh, that we can we can all move on and, and, and move forward, uh, you know, bigger and better after all of this settles down. Um, I wanted to kind of... I know that a lot of mob have different conversations around COVID and how they feel about the pandemic and, and how we communicate that to our mob and, and how we consider how everybody's feeling individually. Uh, but, you know, I, I think just real quickly, um, you know, how do we feel the pandemic is affecting our communities and uh, is the wider community or is, is the government or, you know, us as black media or us as mob, are we doing enough to support our communities around accessing the right information, whether they be for, you know, getting, getting vaccines or whether they make a choice not to? To vax or not to vax. That's right. And I know, you know, we probably don't want to delve too much into that conversation, <laughs> but, um, you know, I think from a black media perspective is there has been a real push and a real struggle, um, you know, to get the right information in the most culturally appropriate way to our communities. And I think that's really important. And I think that black media has a massive role to play in that. But it's, it's you know, getting from the top down to listen uh, to that and allowing us to do that. And obviously that takes a lot of money and resources and, and time and, and, you know, um, a lot of engagement in our communities uh, to do that. Yeah, I think there's a few things at play. One would be there's a fear. There's a real fear about, you know, if you watch the news or you listen to the radio, there's that. So, you know, people are scared. Mm. Um, and then they're actually scared of the, if you do get the vaccination, what are the side effects of that? Like my mum, her health's not great. And she's been sort of, she will tell me a hundred reasons why she doesn't want to get it. Mm. the vaccination. Um, and so, yeah, there's that, there's the fear. And then there's also, I reckon this thing around being told what to do by the government. Yeah, true. Which may trigger <laughs> some people. I don't know, but yeah. I had my first jab last week. And how did you feel after it? Yeah, good. It was the uh, good. AstraZeneca. So, and then they sit down and they, 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 you know, there's things that they have to tell you. The doctor tells you, um, and so she told me the things, you know, there, there might be some side effects. You might have a, you know, an allergic reaction and this is what to look out for. But I guess at the end of the day, she was very clear about that. And she said, if anything comes up, you just need to go and see mm. the doctor and then go from there. But, you know, it's a gamble to mm. not take, to not be vaccinated. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've got my second jab yesterday, actually. Um, Pfizer jab, yeah, at the uh, Aboriginal Medical Service here in Redfern, and um, you know, I for me, peace of mind. But there are so many mixed messages out there about about it. You know, you watch the news, especially with the AstraZeneca jab, mm. and um, mm. the different information that keeps changing about that jab. So I can understand, you know, the mob out there being a bit 
no hesitant about getting a jab. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I think, you effect. know, well, side effects and, um, you know, even just um, c- communicating the, the pandemic to some of our remote communities, you know, the language barriers, uh, you know, I know a friend of mine that works in a remote community and she's often, you know, feeding back to me the urgency around getting culturally appropriate information out there so that the community is understanding uh, exactly, you know, what's happening and how c- they can be supported and, and, and make choices that are their own. So I think there's still a lot of work to be to be done. Definitely, most definitely. And yeah. uh, I just think, you know, with our immune systems as well, you know, I think, you know, the vaccine, vaccines over the years have just you know, stopped such diseases as polio and measles and mumps. And I just hope that, you know, this vaccine can do the same for us. And us as a people, you know, we uh, our immune systems aren't, uh, the best when it comes to these diseases or these introduced diseases into the country. Um, and so, yeah, I, I felt a bit down today. I felt a bit sort of flat, but uh, I'd rather feel, I'd rather feel like that than get the full, yeah. full pace of, you know, of COVID. Glad you're feeling relatively okay, brother. So hope yeah. you get well soon and you're hundred percent real soon. And don't forget, for any mob who may like to know more information about the COVID-19 pandemic, you can always visit your local Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander medical service or speak to your local GP and get any information uh, you feel you may need uh, to make choices that are uh, you know, suitable for you and your family. The Croomail newspaper is the voice of Indigenous Australia. 100% Aboriginal owned and operated. To subscribe, visit croomail.com. Every year in our September edition, the Koori Mail publish a higher education feature which is jam-packed with upcoming education options for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people. This year, the Kurimao Higher Education feature is in our September 22 edition and is your chance to reach tens of thousands of readers. As always, we'll be offering real value for money in this feature for full-page, half-page and quarter-page ads. For more information on our Higher Education feature, call 0266 The Koori Mail. Knowledge, culture, country, connection. Welcome back to the Blackyard. This week, we celebrated National Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Children's Day, supported by SNAKE, the national voice for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander children. National Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Children's Day has been around since 1988 and it is the initiative of SNAKE that celebrates our jarjams, celebrates our children all around our country, in all of our communities uh, and I guess sheds a light on the things that we can be doing to make sure that we're supporting a healthy, you know, growing, uh, developing uh, future generations of, of our children. Uh, we're all parents, which I think is such a beautiful thing that we have in common. I'm a new parent. My boy's only two years old. Luke, you've got two boys. Um, I know Marley's an adult now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's a young man. Making he's us feel all proper old. <laughs> Kirk, <laughs> you're a father. 
Um, I thought it would be nice to have a chat about being a parent and in line with, uh, you know, uh, with, with Children's Day this week and the theme for Children's Day this week is Proud in Culture, Strong in Spirit. And I absolutely love that theme and love that I know as parents we all uh, very much make that a priority in our children's lives and how we're raising them. So, yeah, I wanted to, to talk about challenges of being a parent uh, Luke, you're a single parent. I am, yes. Um, I absolutely love being a, a parent. Uh, have been since you know, my firstborn, Marley, came into the world uh, just over 20 years ago. I wow. have a 20-year-old mob. Look out. <laughs> my God. And father yeah. acts like he's uh, still 21 too, mind you. <laughs> <laughs> See how he goes? <laughs> uh, you know me too well, Nate. Oh, I do, um, Big Ted, I do. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I just, you know, I single parent, like you said, uh, I love it. I, you know, I mean, my older boy now, he sort of does his own thing now. He's got a job down in the Sydney Ferries here in Sydney. Deadly. Uh, got a girlfriend, got a car. So I have to book in to see him, make an appointment <laughs> to see him. <laughs> but I do make sure that he comes to see his younger brother. I've got uh, Enzo, my little boy, he's seven. Yeah. Bit out of my mouth, that kid. He's a, he's a funny boy. And um, so there's a 13 year age gap. But I, I try to make sure that they, you know, especially mine makes the effort to come and see his younger brother, who, he, who you know, Enzo absolutely adores his older brother. Uh, and it can be hard at times, you know, mm. being a single parent, you know, having that relationship with the ex, you know, trying to, you know, manage, you know, custody and trying to see them, uh, you know, especially with my, my, uh, my job. You know, as Kirk knows, you mm. know, in the, in the arts industry, you can get a job tomorrow morning and have to leave to go down to interstate for the next couple of weeks so um there's no real sort of schedule that's set in concrete with my lifestyle so mm. it's uh, it's been challenging but you work around it and i'm you know, i'm lucky i've got you know two ex-partners that are you know are pretty good and you know obviously they understand what i was doing when i was with them <laughs> and so nothing, nothing <laughs> that <laughs> nothing that's, much that's, that's a yeah, whole yeah. other podcast <laughs> brother yeah <laughs> <laughs> but you know they knew my job you know when i was with them and Obviously, that hasn't changed since, you know, we've broken up, so. Mm. Uh, but, yeah, Aboriginal Children's Day, I love the concept. The theme this year is amazing. I remember the, my earliest memory of um, Aboriginal Children's Day was mum always saying to me, it's Aboriginal Children's Day tomorrow, you're not going to school. And um, we didn't have to Deadly. go to school. No, <laughs> that's my earliest um, great memory of it. But I've been a part of a couple of Aboriginal Children's Days and, you know, just recently, in the couple, last couple of years, you know, with my role on Play School being the guest at um, mm. some events. Uh, and artists, like I said, our, our, our kids are our future. And um, that theme this year is spot on. And, uh, you know, strong culture is, is amazing. My, my boys know who they are, with, what mob they are, you know. And uh, I re- reiterate that all the time. And they're proud of that fact. And, yeah, I haven't met your bubba yet there, name. Well, hopefully I will soon. Oh, uh, look, he's, Kirk, he's two going on 20. Yeah. And um, and we always have this joke that he thinks he's five years old because he acts like he's, you know, he's a big man. And and I, I strongly feel that, you know, the old people are with this little fella. And when you do meet him, you'll you'll see that straight away. But he's uh, started preschool and he's, um, you know, he's the way he communicates and yarns. He's he's very advanced. And, um, and I remember when I was pregnant with him, if I was in a meeting or, you know, in a Zoom meeting or or just around a lot of people, and, and I was talking a lot. 
and we all know that I love a good yarn. And that's when he would kick me the most. And he would, oh, he would absolutely smash me. He would kick me. And, and I remember saying, you know, when he makes it into the world that, you know, he, he might be a completely quiet child because he's just sick of hearing my voice in the womb or <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's going to be a motor mouth like me. And he came out a motor mouth and he just, he has these big conversations, you know, and he's, um, yeah, he's a very smart little boy. But I reckon he might challenge me along the way. I think I've just um, created a little mini me. So, but yeah, Kirk, you've got two beautiful daughters, and yeah. I know how hard it has been for you recently not being able to connect with them as much as you could because of COVID. Yeah, I have two beautiful daughters, um, and they live a fair way away from where I am. So one is over on the western coast, and my other one is in New South Wales, and. It's funny. I was just listening to Luke uh, talk about his his beautiful boys and uh, about play school, and I just wanted to throw this in there because I wondered, Luke, what was it like being in on play school and then your son seeing you on the screen? Was that a, was that a moment? Oh, brother, it's one of the best <laughs> memories I've got. I swear to God, I it's just I think about it now. I tear up. He was Marley was a bit too old, yeah. but Enzo was. You know, he he he, he used to watch me on there and. I've got a few photos of him watching me and I'd be away for work interstate or, and his mother would send photos and it was just the best or, or videos. And, and I've got them you know, in a very special folder in my, uh, my phone here and I'll, I cherish those moments forever. Then. Mm-hmm. Actually, I actually got him and my goddaughter. I have a beautiful goddaughter who I treat as my daughter and I got them on an episode of Play School. So um, oh, he, wow. always says, he always says, Daddy, why do people look at you and talk to you all the time? Are you famous like me? Ah, oh, <laughs> listen to him. <laughs> He's a funny kid, and I, I've got him to do a few little um, acting gigs and modelling gigs, and he just—he's just like a duck to water. He's just amazing. He's just—that's your legacy, there, time, brother. Yeah, and in one moment, I had a moment um, last year where he was doing his photo shoot, and I just—it it dawned on me like I'm my mother watching me. Like mm. my, that was my mother doing it for me. You know, now it's come full circle, and yeah, like I said earlier, he's spit out of my mouth. He's just. Yeah, I That's freak beautiful. out how much for a life. But I, I met Kirk's daughter, the uh, one over on the West Coast. Didn't yes. I? You want to tell that yarn? Want to tell that yarn? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was, I was, That's what I was trying to get, getting around. Okay, to come on. Fill me in to. now. Fill uh, me in. <laughs> so when um, my youngest daughter has her birthday, I go and visit. I, and, you know, that's in, in Western Australia. And, oh, no, we were there doing a show. We were doing uh, Black Diggers, perhaps. Yep, that's correct. Yep, we were. And so Luke and I were backstage. We're in the, we're in the Perth Festival. Yes, that's right. And I, I just went, hey, Luke, do you want to come and meet my daughter? She was probably three or f- and a half or something at the time. And uh, and gorgeous. And gorgeous. I spit out of his mouth. She's absolutely gorgeous. They are beautiful girls. They are mm. both very mm. gorgeous. Um, and so we organised Lukey to come and meet us at the park. And we were sitting out at the park. And Luke, he brought a Jemima doll. And I think... He he came. We saw him coming, and there was like some shrubs around the edges of the park, and he sort of gave us a thumbs up, and I went, "All right, here we go." And I said, "Um, I said, Zara, look over there." <laughs> and then Luke sort of came out, and she just looked at him. Her eyebrows <laughs> hit the sky, <laughs> and then she sort of dropped. You see her body sort of drop, and then she got frightened, and then she ran. <laughs> but then she was she ran to um one of her mums, and then she was looking back, and she was. 
she just I don't think she could believe that it was Luke standing there. Oh, so bless. it was it was incredible watching her connect those dots mm. and say, yes, mate. Yeah. Wasn't it? It was beautiful. And then he sat and down and we had a yarn and she was all over him. Then she it took about three <laughs> yeah, minutes. Favourite yeah, uncle. That's right. Yeah, yeah, it didn't take long. But I, like, that's why I use my, my role in play school like that, you know, to help out, you know, just to surprise friends, daughters or sons. And, you know, I'll rock up to a, a birthday party or do a FaceTime session with them. And, no, I absolutely love it. You know, I try to make the most out of my time there in play school. And I'm loving my time on there. Well, that's and, we, oh, and we're celebrating 55 years this year in play school this year. So That's amazing. Yeah, it's a I remember yeah. watching play school when I was little. So mm. that makes me feel proper old. I still watch yeah. it. Like I don't <laughs> I don't chase it, but if I'm surfing, yeah, and I find it and depending on who's on who's hosting, cuz my cousin Hunter Lashard Page is also hosting on there. Right, that's yeah, right. Yeah. Um but I think it's such an incredible, you know, it's that thing I reckon in the industry that everybody would love to have a role on play school. Well, I know I've spoken to Luke about this before, at how competitive a role on play school is. Hey, brother. Yeah, it sure is. It's, uh, it's one of the hardest gigs to get an audition for, you know. they Obviously, the producers are on the lookout for, uh, you know, your multi-talented uh, you know, personalities out there. Triple threat. Mm. You have to be a triple threat. <laughs> Yes, I don't know how I got the gig. <laughs> Your singing's all right. In, in the shower, maybe that's about <laughs> it. <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah. So you get you get uh, you get the call back. Sorry, you get the audition. So your agent you get the phone call. You go down and do your own audition, um, just one on one with the director in the room. Then about two weeks later, so you'd have in that audition, you have to do uh, you have to sing a song, you have to do a drawing. And then you have to do some presenting. So it's a three-way wow. thing. Uh, and then about two weeks later, if you're successful in the first round, you get a call back. And that's when you go into the ABC studios in Sydney. And it's proper, like, Kirk will know. You know, you've got to do an audition. It's usually just the, if the director's there, mm. uh, someone filming it, and that's about it. But, and it may be a, a re- somebody reading opposite you. But for play school, you've got, like, the whole executive team there. You know, the head of children's department. Wow. Um, you got the producers, ABC, I'm sorry, Facebook itself. And you also then have to uh, audition with uh, another presenter to see if you can you know, hold your own against. Yeah, uh, right. Whilst you present. And so you do basically do the same audition process, but with the, another presenter. And it's pretty daunting. You, know, you, walk, mm. you walk into the studio and a big table, like you know, American Idol or something like that. <laughs> it's pr- pretty daunting. And then you, um, so you put down your tape and then... Go for Fingers it. Across, you get another phone call. But yeah, it's um, it's a great, great gig. Mm. Um, they also, you know, they uh, very um, multicultural. All of our presenters, you know, we all come from all different backgrounds. And so, it's um, amazing the focus that they have on, you know, NAIDOC Week and um, and making sure that they do have Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander presenters. Like it's it's uh, you know yeah, one of the great. most iconic children's programs in Australia. Because years ago. I know we were just talking about this in our meeting, our pre-production meeting, <laughs> and you were talking about how you call each other Big Ted and Jemima. And, and I, we were trying to think who you could be. No, no, let's not go there. <laughs> I was, no, I'm oh, trying to, no, let me, dumpy, let me say this. Dumpy, dumpy. Wait, <laughs> well, I said, hum, at first I said he can be Little Ted, and I think, no, we couldn't give him, could, can't give him Little Ted. And then, <laughs> and then I Googled, and then I sat there and I got out. The, she reckoned Humpty. I got out the Google and I reckoned Humpty. And then I thought, oh, that's. Almost. That's, yeah. But who were you I'm talking like about? I'm the shape of an egg at the moment. 
<laughs> no, there, I was going to say, before there was any people of colour on play school, remember there was that little brown doll? Do you remember, Luke? What's yes. her na- Is yes. it Hamble? What's that doll's name, Hamble? Because I'm trying to figure out whether he's making up stories here, so... No, I'm not. We might... <laughs> but I did want no, the doll. No, there was one. She wanted the doll, so she wants to be named after the doll now. we just got to figure out what her name was. No, I don't want to be named after the Hamble. doll. <laughs> it, was, it was Hamble. It was Hamble. Yes. Yeah, oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is she not there? Did she leave the building? <laughs> she, uh, yeah, she did. She'd she been evicted. Um, she, 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 she retired. retired. She retired. She retired. But we have a, so, uh, not last, two years ago. There's a new one. Yeah, Kaya. Kaya. That's right. Because right. I mentioned I mentioned Kaya, and you, you said did. no. There was one before that. We were trying to figure out who this titter girl was Hamble. and where she's gone. Yeah, oh, no, girl, she's gone, she gone now. She'll go back to country. <laughs> oh, beautiful. <laughs> yeah, no, she's she's and then uh, Kaya's come in now, and she's Kaya means hello in the Noongar language in WA. There, deadly around the Perth. Um, and so last year, so two years ago, I should quickly say this: it was the first time in play school's history that we had an all. Aboriginal presenting team. That's so, right. And it was during uh, NADOC week. And that's the yeah, it, beautiful. So we introduced Kaya. So it was myself, Marina Tapsell and Hunter. Uh, and it was just amazing. It was just a, a moment you know, in time. And they yeah, did a proper welcome to the country. And it was just pretty special. Was um, Maddie Doyle on that episode? Maddie was. in. Yes, he was indeed. Yeah, I might have watched it. Yep, he's <laughs> deadly, Maddie. Well, there you go. All things play school. Yeah, trivia night on play school. Wouldn't that be fun? It would. <laughs> Put some questions out to the audience. Win a free T-shirt. <laughs> we haven't got T-shirts yet. We've got to get T-shirts. With Hamble, old Hamble. <laughs> old Hamble on the front. <laughs> well, maybe that's what we need to do is, is to get a character drawing of the three of us. Ooh, now you're talking merch. Yeah. Yeah, now we're talking. Yeah, hey, now. look out. The sky's, the, the sky's the limit. You never know. But look, coming yes. back to... National Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Children's Day, and a theme proud in culture and strong in spirit. Um, I really love that uh, we can talk about our children, and you know, Luke, you you talk about uh, you know Enzo following in your footsteps already, and I think the greatest gift that we can give our children is um, letting them know who we are as mum and dad, or who we are as individuals, and and how they then gain their strength from mm. who we are, watching us, mm. uh, you know, grow and develop still as adults and parents and how they see us every single day they wake up is, is I guess, what contributes to how they will see themselves and that regardless of whatever challenges we might have as adults and individuals and our circumstances as parents, single parents, the distance between ourselves and our children that we have to keep being strong within ourselves and looking after ourselves so that our, our kids can grow up, you know, deadly and strong. Most, most, def- most definitely, especially in these, you know, these COVID situations mm. you know, at the moment, it's extremely challenging for us as adults, uh, mm. but we've got to make sure that yeah, we protect, you know, the, uh, you know, our, our baby's lives and make sure that they have, live some sort of, have some, some normality in their lives. Totally. And, um, you know, we are we are their biggest educators. You know, we are absolutely. Yeah. So now we we love and adore our, our youngins. That's right. And I think that um, you know, we could almost 
dedicate our first show, our first Blackyard podcast to our beautiful Jarjams out there around the nation, our own Jarjams, the the beautiful children that are in, within our families and our communities. And, um, you know, this is just another another step, another goal that's been achieved by us here at the Koori Mail, but it's about leaving behind a legacy of work that can support the futures of our children and, more importantly, support the voices of our children for the next generations to come. And um, it's been absolutely wonderful. Um, as rough cut as this first show has been, we will get there. But I think the beauty in the conversation that we naturally have with each other is uh, is what's going to be special with this podcast uh, down the track. Yeah. Thanks. Most definitely. And, you know, you've got to start somewhere, and I think this is a great start. Um, like I said, I, I look forward to you know, getting up there and face-to-face with you, Mob, once these, you know, COVID... Absolutely. ...are out of place, and I love Bundjalung country. It's, you know, uh, it's probably my... You're always up here. I'm starting to think you oh, might have you might have some special little friends up here. Talk about nah, that single nah. bubble coming up nah. here to Bundjalung country running amok. Coming around here, blowing your bubbles. <laughs> Good ones. <laughs> a big bubble from Sydney to the... Bu- yeah, bubbly, 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 hey, bubbly. There's a bear in there. <laughs> No, look, we we appreciate your support. We appreciate you, uh, you know, putting your hand up to jump on board with this, and um, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be quite a ride, I reckon. These these next couple of months as we get this thing up and running. So, thank you for your time. Um, you know, thank you for joining us here today under the circumstances, and and we do hope that you feel a bit better soon. And um, next fortnight, we'll be back at it again. Yes, looking forward to it. Um, yes, uh, a lot will happen in the next fortnight, I, I believe, and uh, we're looking forward to catching up with you, Mob, and having a good old yarn. Yeah, thanks for joining us, Luke. It's been great to chat. Hopefully, see you soon. Thanks for listening to the Blackyard Podcast. Join us in a fortnight for the next episode of the Blackyard. Make sure you press the subscribe button for the latest Blackyard podcast. You can find all of our social media and website information in the show description. The Koori Mail. Knowledge. Culture. Country. Connection.